That's what it sounded like in the green room before John Jr. went out. Mm. <laughs> wow. Uh, do you have the same creep show in the background as I do? Yeah. Um, what Pence... is happening? Can you hear it? No, I don't have the volume up. Uh, me either. As a uh, senior citizen, I'll leave it at that. I know what racism feels like. Is this a set? I guess. It looks like a green screen. I'm so mad at you about something. About me? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, Why? Don't even get me started. Oh my god. Oh. I'm uh, curious. Yeah, well, you'll find out. Damn. Uh, You're mad? Okay. All right. I'm mad. I'll just put it right there. <laughs> Where is it at? I'll talk to you more about this. <laughs> Welcome to None Taken, the internet's only debate and current events show with me, your host Dustin, and over there is Alan. At the time of this recording, it's Tuesday, August 25th, 2020. Oh shit, has it been, has it been the 25th all day? It's been the 25th all day. Oh, happy anniversary <laughs> to my first wife. Oh, I'm shit. In San, I'm in San Diego where it's still too hot, but chances are wherever you are, it's too hot too. So Alan is parting the haze from the California wildfires and joining us as always from the San Francisco Bay Area. We are here recapping another week of current events and sharing way too much of our tragic personal life. Thank you for joining us whenever and wherever you're listening from. Please subscribe right now. Wherever you're listening to this, if you haven't done so already, and if you leave a positive review anywhere, uh, send us a message about it on nuntakenpod.com, where I will then ask you what your Venmo is and probably send you $5. Alan, how are you, my good friend? That, that, how are you, my... <laughs> Alan, how are you, my good friend? I'm, I'm doing well. I don't, easy for you to say. Yeah, uh, Joe Biden over here. Right. <laughs> I guess well, we're keeping that in. No, I'm doing well. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to None Taken. So I guess we'll just go ahead and get right into it. I uh, actually had a pretty decent weekend. I was off this weekend. Um, a buddy of mine texted me Saturday morning. He's like, hey, man, you want a barbecue today? And I was like, hell yeah, I want a barbecue. So I went over to his place, and he got some uh, some sausage from a local, uh, kind of famous locally uh, sausage place in the Bay Area called Parkside. Uh, so we had some Parkside sausage. We had a nice tri-tip, which was marinated in, like, Jack Daniels and other stuff, which I've never even heard of marinating tri-tip in Jack Daniels, but it was fantastic. Um, and then we had some, eh, a couple of things, some chicken, et cetera. Made some, uh, some collard greens, which I usually not a big fan of at all, but they, he did it. They were really good. Um, yeah, so that was great. Uh, hung out over there. I ended up crashing at his place, actually. Um, and so that was, that was a lot of fun. Got to hang out with some friends and just kind of chill out. On Sunday, I had some plans, too. I was supposed to meet a couple of friends, go drink some beers, but the the, the smoke was so bad up here. Uh, it was just like you did not want to be sitting outside even drinking a, a, a cold beverage. Uh, it was so smoky, and it was hot, too. So the, um, the lightning strikes I talked about on last week's show, I didn't realize it, but apparently there was almost 12,000 lightning strikes Jesus. over the course of 24 hours. Um, between that Sunday morning and, and 
Sunday. Um, so we now have the second and third largest fires in California history, um, basically surrounding the entire San Francisco Bay Area. So there's one called the LNU Lightning Complex, which is uh, north of San Francisco. Uh, so it's LN? LN? LN. Cancel. <laughs> LNU. And oh. it's, so that one is like by Lake Berryessa through towards. Oh, shit. That's close, dude. Yeah. Towards Vacaville and Fairfield. Um, oh, yeah. They evacuated everybody in Vacaville, right? A large portion of it, yeah. It's burned over 350,000 acres. Um, I want to say a 1,000 structures have been um, destroyed. Uh, and then there's the, the SCU Lightning Complex, which is east of Silicon Valley. That one's burned over 360,000 acres. And then we also have a, a smaller fire near the, in, near Santa Cruz in the mountains over there, which they're having a hard time getting. Like It's in really rough terrain to get to, to try and contain it. And that one's already burned nearly 80,000 acres. So it's basically surrounding me where I'm at. Uh, this morning was probably the worst day we've had so far as far as smoke. So typically in the mornings, it's really bad. I don't know what exactly is causing that, but I guess the, the smoke is sort of held down in the Bay Area. And then by the afternoon, the, the winds kind of blow it out towards the ocean, and it's not so bad. But today I was at work, and I could feel it like in my throat. It was Jeez. it was so bad, and that's inside in an air-conditioned building. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's pretty pretty bad, pretty bad up here. Most of the fires are somewhere between 15 and 20% contained. So still a long ways to go. We're probably going to be stuck with this smoke for at least another week, maybe more. I remember or I, in the last couple of days, I keep seeing stories about like fire breaks working and, you know, them having some containment, but it's really, really, really low still, huh? Really low, really low and huge area burned. So this is yeah. like, seems like the new normal. I mean, the last five years have just been insane with the fire season up here. I mean, I've lived in California my entire life and I don't, I don't remember it ever being like this. Yeah. I mean, I, I can remember years where there were, fi you know, threatening fires. Yeah, um, nothing of this not, size. Not so back to back. Yeah. This yeah. is kind of like, you know, how we had those several years with uh, once every hundred year hurricanes coming through, you know, right. back to back years. Right. Well, they're saying the air quality today was like twice as bad as what it would be like in Beijing or Delhi. Um, so that combined with a, you know, the coronavirus, which is affects your respiratory system is just, yeah. it's, it's, it's 2020 nonstop, man. It's just, uh, keeps coming. And as I said, you know, last week it's a tinderbox up here. It's been so dry. It's been so hot. We had a really bad heat wave over the last couple of weeks and it was primarily dry lightning. So there really wasn't much rain to accompany this. It was just mm -hmm. the, um, the atmospheric conditions that caused the lightning did not necessarily cause that is rain. It's rude of the lightning. It should spit on it first. <laughs> That's it for your personal life. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it, man. All right. Uh, How about you? Let's see. What did I do? Uh, what did you uh, do? <laughs> uh, last week, all I did was fucking work, man. Yeah, I uh, have a feeling. Dude, is this, this is a Trump. Uh, Eric, Enrique, Enrique Trump just came up. Sweet. We have to drink. Oh, all right. Oh, it is Eric Trump. I just picked. Did you see Tiffany Trump earlier? That's a name? Yeah, it's his youngest daughter. She sounds like Tara oh, Reid, really? kind of. Or Tara Reid. Oh. oh, was that her on there that looked she like... She kind of looked like Tara. She looked like a press secretary, kind of, right? Sort of. Maybe. Tara Reid now? Yeah, not a good Tara Reid. Tara Reid in the Big Lebowski. No, not, not Big Lebowski. Oh, all right. You're not blowing. <laughs> all right, so... I'm just going to go uh, find an ATM. 
You're just going to find a cash machine. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it was a hell of a week at work, dude. Um, just every day went into overtime and just, you know, it, it's to be expected this time of year. Um, no, you know, but I was on call over the weekend, so I really didn't have much of a personal life on Saturday, especially Sunday. I only ran one call, but it was at the, uh, the guy owns some nightclubs, one of which he had the party bus parked out in front of his home. Nice. Do you have a cheetahs gentleman club up there? No, but I am familiar with the brand. With the brand. (laughs) You've heard of the franchise. I've, I've heard of the franchise. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he was pretty cool. It fixed his AC. It was pretty easy. And he lit me up with a hundo nice. and I literally stopped. I, I didn't even make it home without spending it on drugs. I was going to say, did you just go to a cheetah's strip club and no. drop it there? No, I went oh. there. There's some really good dispensaries down here with like cartridge deals. And I got like three grams, three gram cartridge, three, one gram cartridges for one twenty five. Wow. That's yeah, a lot. Pretty good. Yeah. But it's like, you know, really good. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Uh oh, tons of other stuff though. Um, I've been trying to work out more at home. Like whenever I edit the podcast, I'll like swing the kettlebells and stuff around, or like things. I only have one kettlebell, so I'll grab like other heavy things, like my work bag or stuff. It is so impossible to work out with a small dog. They cannot understand why I'm jumping in place or swinging a bag around. There's like, do you have to go outside? Like, do you, do you want to go for a WALK? Like, what's your fucking deal? Right. So in general, I just like haven't been working out and I hate to admit this, but I've been so much more productive. Really? <laughs> like, oh yeah. I don't think I want to go back to like getting off work and spending two hours at the gym. Like it's just not enjoyable. Like I, I feel like I don't have enough time as it is, but. Would you normally have spent two hours a day? By the time I get home, it's like a, an additional two hours. Damn. Um, you know, I mean, a little you're... bit of time. I Like, yeah, on my way home, I'll stop there. Um, I'll sp- I, you know, I'll lift weights for like an hour and then I'll do the sauna for 20 minutes and there's about mm. 10, 10 minutes in between all that, you know, and then sure. you drive home. So, right. Yeah. I mean, you've always been really fit, but damn, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. Except I haven't worked out in five months, like at all. I've done a couple bike rides, like I've done physical activities, but, uh, I have one 25 pound kettlebell and that's it. And like, I don't use it. So my, my dog gets upset when I use it. <laughs> well, this is hilarious. Um, <clears throat> After I got off work on Sunday, I, uh, we, we did manage to go to the beach. Um, the girlfriend actually threw the football with me in the water and she was actually pretty good throw. In fact, I didn't realize, but I had, um, she had a headwind that she was throwing it in to get to me and I didn't notice until we switched sides and I started throwing it to her. I was like, how the fuck did you even do this? Like she, she literally said she hadn't thrown a football since middle school and she was throwing spirals. I was like, how are you doing this into the wind? Yeah. Did you do it enough where your shoulder was sore the next day? No, not that bad. No. All right. Been a while since that. Yeah. Um, after that we went and got some tacos and I would have been the mask hole of the week. Because we got there, we ordered the tacos over the phone, and we went by to pick them up and realized neither of us had our mask with us. Mm. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'll just pull my shirt over my mouth. I know that's ineffective. Like, just, you know, it's better than nothing. I, like, folded it in half and then up over my mouth. It's like, do a layer. There you go. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was just, I was like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not standing in line. I'm just going up to the pickup window. And I'm just kind of waiting there way off to the side, trying to not bother anybody. And the lady behind plexiglass is like, sir, you have to... um, you have to wear a real mask. And in my head, I'm like, there's no such thing as a real mask. That's the whole fucking problem. So I go outside and I just roll my shirt up into like a super dense roll and then like wrap it around my head a bunch of times. 
Um, and then so I at this point, you're in. walking in shirtless, but with your shirt as yes. a mask. Okay. Yes, it, she didn't care. And she's like, all right. And I, you know, it was fine. So I right. was totally the mask hole of the week. Right. That's my mask hole of the week. That's uh, our what personal What a mask life. hole. Of the week. <laughs> Alan, can you bring uh, us into topics? Maybe sure. we can some, You know, something upbeat and fun, please. Upbeat and fun. I don't know if I got that. I, I have topics, but upbeat and fun maybe isn't quite the description we would use. Maybe we can play some classic rock music. Isn't that what they play at, like, conventions and... <laughs> Rallies. <laughs> sure, sure. So let's dive in. Stop about tomorrow. Stop. You're supposed to keep talking while I sing Fleetwood Mac in the background. Let's let's dive right into news and politics. So <clears throat> yesterday the Republican National Convention kicked off to too much fanfare. Um and I watched most of the convention. I didn't watch all of it. Um it was kind of surreal it was an alternate universe to the facts uh, all kinds of things there's so much to get to i will just throw out a couple things that were sort of stated throughout the the first day of it um, by multiple speakers sort of the themes that they had um so trump's leadership on the coronavirus saved thousands of lives uh, that's what someone said multiple people said they had a whole okay. they had a whole visual presentation about how uh you know he he had saved so many lives by his leadership on the coronavirus. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Some other talking points. Biden's a Marxist controlled by the radical left. He wants to defund the police and destroy the suburbs. Uh, well, that's all true, Alan. None of that's true. Oh. <laughs> they had, I not didn't a Marxist? Know. He's not a Marxist. No. Okay. He's not controlled by the radical left. I mean, the only person you could call a Marxist is maybe Bernie Sanders. But like they're just he's like, well, he's the leader. Again, this is what I was talking about last week. The Democratic Party is the biggest of big tents. Right. You don't get to pick the most extreme side of that tent and go, well, you represent that party. You're obviously the leader of the radical left. It's like, no, they are part of it. Just like you don't want to be responsible for your KKK members. It's <laughs> a good point. It's a good point. I wish I could. Do you think people could hear me looking at you with duh face? <laughs> I don't think they could. Okay. Uh, we, I didn't put this in the notes, but that couple who um, from St. Louis, the McCloskeys, yeah. they actually um, had a little speech uh, that they gave, which was pretty interesting. Did they have guns? Well. They did not. Were they not. guns at the crowd they the whole not. time? But basically they said, uh, we were just trying to protect our property and we got arrested while these terrible protesters um, were praised by by the, the Democrats. I mean, it's predictable. By sure. I mean, what else What else should they say? That's basically their case if this goes to court. I mean, you right. pointed guns at people. Yeah, of course you said that. Which were just walking by. Like, that's all they were doing. Yeah. There was no damage. I, I get that they were afraid. I understand that. Keep your fingers off the trigger and don't point it at anyone. That's all. Yeah, don't, don't do that. And I think if you live in the neighborhood where the mayor lives and there's protests going on, you should probably expect that people are going to be marching by your house. Yeah, no shit, right? Yeah. <clears throat> is that is that is that a detail about that I didn't know? The yeah. mayor lived in that little nook? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm. that's, where the, that's where the protesters were going. Yeah, it's like in L.A. when they go outside Garcetti's house. Yeah, exactly. You, you know where they're going if they're, you know, yeah. obviously. Um, there was a couple of notable speeches. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Don Jr. came out. He was one of the ones that... Uh, trotted out the whole Marxist meme um, about Joe Biden. He, I don't want to get into your notes. I'll let you talk, talk about that part. But there was there was definitely some strange appearances. Oh, dude. Okay. He, 
I mean, I so I didn't watch it. I actually hadn't watched it. I didn't watch the Guilfoyle speech until like a half hour before the show, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm ready to run through a fucking wall, man. Let's do a show, bro." <laughs> it was <laughs> a hell of a motivated. speech. Yeah, it was a fucking inspiring <laughs> speech, whether you want to be inspired or not. Yeah, oh, but God. but along the same vein, I mean, yeah, didn't so everybody was saying that Don Jr. looked like he was on coke. I personally can't compare it to another speech that I've listened to by Don Jr. But yeah, neither can I actually. I don't know if I've really heard him talk much before but he did appear potentially like yeah <laughs> like he he was altered uh just the way his his facial expressions his eyes etc this is wildly reckless of us it is but it is fun it's fun it's fine yeah this is all alleged this is yeah yeah know, it's satire saying. yeah absolutely yeah, all right let's yeah. get into the guilfoyle part so let me just set Go. up who she is real quick and yeah. then we can talk about what she said all right so guilfoyle was the wife of california governor gavin newsom she is now the girlfriend of of Don Trump Jr. Talk about switching sides radically. I mean, that's pretty right. intense. intense. Um, she <clears throat> she also is one of the um, leaders of fundraising, I believe, for the fun uh, for the Republican Party. Um, in any event, she gave this speech, which was all over the place. She, I mean, she started at like. 85 decibels and went up to 130 by the time the thing was over. Um, she, her in voice, an empty room. In an empty room. Uh, she was screaming by the time the thing was over. A couple of things I pulled from it. She said that her mother was from Puerto Rico and that her father was also an immigrant. If you're from Puerto Rico, uh, newsflash, Puerto Rico is an American territory, U.S. territory. You're already a citizen if you're from Puerto Rico. You're not an immigrant. <laughs> did you see what AOC said about that? I did not. What did she say about that? Uh, just mark the date and time. I'm quoting AOC in a good way. She uh, she said something along the lines of like, yeah, this actually really summarizes the way Americans treat Hispanics in general. It's like, it's oh, true. look, you're brown. You're not a citizen. You're not an American or you're new at this. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fair point. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, even subconsciously, like, right. You know, that's the idea is that subconsciously that's happening even amongst well, to say that to say that they're other is what the, the point was. Yeah. Right. All mm-hmm. right. Uh, what were your thoughts about the speech in general, though? <clears throat> it's just I like I said, like well, like you said, excuse me. Getting her getting louder and louder was an effect, but it was in an empty room, so it was eerie. Like mm-hmm. if when you watch the video, which I'm sure anyone listening to this has already seen that video, like they keep they keep. Um, editing the shot, you know, to the, it was very synchronized so that it changed to a new image when they wanted it to be pow- more powerful, like for a punchline or something, you know, right. but all of those images were of an, yeah, in an empty room. And, uh, I mean, well, here, I want to quote something I read from an Esquire article. I always want to say Esquire. I don't know. Okay. Uh, so it goes, Guilfoyle cycled through the news greatest hits collection, echoing the other speakers in warning that the country is turning into a violent apocalyptic burning wasteland. But also it's the best country in the world and Democrats only talk about its flaws and encouraging viewers to reelect the incumbent president who is overseeing this surge in fiery end times riot looting, but also making everything great. She did so in a way that was somehow uniquely unnerving her volume rising all the time until it hit a genuinely frightening crescendo. All the while, she was both irate and cheerful, a neat visual summation of this moment's, uh, of this movement's relationship to the, uh, to the reactionary grievance that is its animating force. The anger, in the end, feels good. 
that pr- puts it pretty succinctly. I mean, she also took jabs at California and said, basically, if you want to know what you'll get if Biden is president, just look at California, the land of heroin needles and riots and power outages. Yeah. Um, and juxtapose that to it being a wealthy state, which is true. I mean, it's right. very true that California gets, I think they were showing how they get, they, like they're only getting 85 billion so far in taxes this year, which is down. And it's like, it seems like you should be able to do a lot with 85 billion. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. You didn't do anything to create. Like, I, I, I hate to be that much of a Republican man, but like, please, like I worked and earned a living and then I give it to the state because they take it from me. But nobody in government earned that. I mean, they go to work for the companies they work for within the government, you know, the state agencies, but the state itself didn't generate that income. I did. They harvest it from people. That's wrong to be able to say you have 85 billion and it's not enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's, okay. that's, but, that's but fair. To her I mean, point, but to her point, it's bullshit to say like, and it's covered with heroin needles. You know, yeah. Everywhere I fucking go outside San Diego is terrible. Yeah, She's same, right. Same. I live in the Bay Area. There's just heroin yeah. needles everywhere, man. I don't know yeah. what's going on. It's fucking nasty. The only thing I hate is that it's hot and it's on fire. Nothing else about California is worthwhile. You're right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, th- dude. But by the time she was done, it was like she was trying to jump through the TV, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, it was very effective speech. <laughs> it was, but it was, but it was also entirely out of dystopian future movie. Right, held in an empty auditorium. Uh, it was very effective. You know, it was an impassioned, arousing yet impotent speech held in a, held in private and then broadcast into our homes. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine if there was a crowd there that they would have reacted very positively And she to would it. have needed to be yelling to be louder than and, them as yeah. she got... I mean, yes, that all fits when there's a crowd, but when there <laughs> isn't, you're just the crazy... Like, I, she is a person talking. She is not... I'm not afraid of her being a dictator. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, though, that the person we saw doing that... If it, if like, I just put that on because that clearly it was a recording. If I just, if you walked in and didn't know there was a debate, you'd be like, what third rate dystopian future movie are you watching right now? <laughs> With this woman screaming, is she the evil person at the end of, um, what was the movie with the future and, uh, the blonde lady that had brown hair and the hunter? She, she oh, uh, oh, games, fuck. hunger games, hunger games. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It looked like hunger games. It definitely did. Yeah. <laughs> she could have been the president of Hunger Games, yes. Dude, yeah. and it was it was effective. Like I said, uh, someone who's very close to me uh, texted me after all of that was over. And she said, my mom just texted me and said, text Dustin to lock his doors and close his windows. I swear to Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They're all riled up, man. All the, That means 30% of America got activated. Right. Because they, they reactivated the world is ending. last night. Yes. Unbelievable. <sighs> Um, so tonight, uh, Secretary of State Pompeo is supposed to be speaking from Israel. It's supposed to be recorded oh, remarks, I, I guess. I think it's happening right now, actually. Okay. Drink. All right. Now, Pompeo obviously has political ambitions of his own, um, is, considered, or is considering running for president as well in the, in the future. He, this is the first time a sitting Secretary of State has spoken at a um, Republican convention in over 75 years. Typically, they don't do that because you're the head diplomat for the United States. State Department, that's not very diplomatic. Right. So diplomats typically try to kind of distance themselves from the political um, theater. So hold on. Pence is walking down to the Rose Garden and he's holding his wife's hand. But you know how like when you hold your girlfriend's hand, you like enter lace fingers? Mm -hmm. 
No. No, not like that. He's very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want to get cooties. Okay, sorry, go on. No. Uh, so, yeah, this is a, a, a huge break from precedent. Um, we'll see what he says and what comes out of the speech itself. But it's just another... It's weird. It's another example of this administration and the people in and around it just violating every norm that that we've been used to for all these years and they just run through them like nothing i mean it's just uh, another example you can add to the pile of of things that this administration the people around it um have done you're totally right trump just showed up and he's wearing guess what color his tie is guess alan what uh, color america guess what color his tie is quick log in your answers okay three two one alan. bright red blue oh it's blue Wrong. <laughs> Oh, man. What the? Oh, I love it. I, I, I mean, I hate this guy, but I love it when he does shit like this. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, by the way, his tie's straight, which is an accomplishment That's for him. That's new. It was like two um, State of the Unions ago. It's like the whole time I'm like, just straighten your fucking tie. Jesus Christ. His tie wearing is always so strange. He always is wears it? it so long, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, he is tall. Yeah, but it's, he wears it like down to his inseam of his pants. It's Yeah, right. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he wears weird. clothes like he doesn't want to get them tailored because he's <laughs> like, why would I cut off the clothes? I bought the whole clothes. Like, All right. uh, any more about... Uh... Uh, well, we should talk about the platform. Okay. So so typically... What do you mean by platform? Typically every four years when, they, uh, when the conventions roll around, everybody uh, who's part of the, the party gets together and every little wing of of the party sort of hammers out a, a platform for the convention, which is basically saying, this is what our party is going to stand for in 2020, right? Or 2016. Right. People give Democrats or give Democrats a lot of shit for saying like, what is it that you stand for other than not being Trump? But they put together a platform for their convention. Right. And usually it's kind of wonky. Usually sure. it's, you know, a lot of people probably don't pay attention to it, but you know, in every little wing of the party wants to get their, they sites. make sacrifices. Like, for example, usually the Democrats give up on being anti-war so that they can accomplish some neocon faction of the Democratic Party's desires. And that's how they make compromise to develop a platform. Sure. That's, it's how, always you be, a, that's how you maintain being big tent. Right. It's always a compromise and every, you know. So uh, what compromises do the Republicans make? <laughs> so they came out and said, we're not going to create a new platform. We're just going to say the one from 2016 is good. Uh, we're going to continue with that one. We're behind Trump 100%. They have an idea, Warden. I mean, so here's the thing. Um, nothing's really happened since 2016, right? The, you know, no, no. no major events have happened that maybe you might want to. No, it's the same world. It's exactly well, the same. We're still mad about emails. Um, <laughs> I mean, ISIS is scary. Yeah, it's it's kind of unbelievable. This isn't new news. It's just resurfacing now. They they came out in June and said they weren't going to do a, a new a new platform. Um, but you know, as it, it, we're just talking about it now, because this is typically where it would come out is during the convention, um, which isn't happening. You had some thoughts. Yeah, but I got distracted. Melania is walking up, and they have this weird steady cam shot down a hallway. They don't have the camera uh, level, so she's it's like an in Inception when they rotate the hallway and uh, Joseph. Gordon, the third rock from the oh, sun I kid is like fighting. Yeah. Oh, fix this. It's weird. And also, it's funny because it's like just a runway walk for her. Right. I know she's supposed oh. to speak tonight. She's one of the, the headliners. Yeah. But what she's she, also she a model like... and doing a, a runway walk. That's like, she... what I'm saying. Like, Doesn't look. that look like a dictator's uniform? I don't know. Yeah, it's, it it's, looks it's like just... a dictator's wife. Dr. Girlfriend probably wore it. Yes. That's two <laughs> weeks in a row I've mentioned Dr. Girlfriend. <laughs> 
uh, see Venture Brothers, the 20-year-old cartoon show. Uh, yeah, I had some sure. notes about the platform. Like, just the fact that they did put together some sort... They did make some kind of a condensed platform just so they could have words. Like, literally... I. Um, a podcast I like called Reason Roundtable. I talk about I talk about them like every other week. There's, uh, I think she's actually their editor. Her name's Catherine Mengu Ward. She pointed out that the Republican convention kind of felt like when you have a paper due, but it's not due for a couple of weeks. But then the teacher reminds you that you have to turn in an outline for the paper and you're like, oh, shit. So you just grab all the words you know and just put them down, right? That's pretty much what they did for like a makeshift platform-ish yeah. type thing. And the f- it, so it's kind of funny in that regard, but it's especially funny on the bullet points where they have less words for them, like education. So in education, they have two bullet points. One is that they, provi- um, that they are to provide school choice. And two, they are to teach American exceptionalism. <laughs> Great. What? Great. What? <laughs> Um, do they mean like teach it in school? Because we already had that bullshit. But are they like teach American exceptionalism is a part of the education platform? So that means it's part. Yeah. Fuck. What is what does that mean? Like the, what they were saying on that podcast was there's a difference between John McCain's American exceptionalism and Donald Trump's American exceptionalism. Right. Yeah, I guess so. So, I mean. Trump's American exceptionalism is that everything's a zero-sum game and that America should always win. And if we don't, then... China's uh, winning. Right. Um, I think McCain, while he certainly would have said... Warhawk. Yeah, it was a warhawk, but also would have said that, uh, you know, America first agenda, I think, could have... You know, he might have said something like that as well. But he didn't see it the same... He didn't see it xenophobically. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Seemingly, at least, I should say. Satire show. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. So that's terrifying. Uh, But hopefully it's just a function of them not being prepared and putting words down. Um, Well, there's even at the end of it, I just had it. Why the... Damn it. Um, At the end of it, the last line is, any motion to amend the 2016 platform or to adopt a new platform, including any motion to suspend the procedures that will allow doing so, will be ruled out of order. So even if anybody within the party had come out and said, hey, you know, we really should maybe amend this a little bit. I mean, the 2016 platform talks about, like, Obama and, you know, stuff that's not even relevant anymore. Um, So they they put a, a kibosh on that at the end. Dude, it's bizarre. I again, I was it's listening to you, but I got mesmerized looking at uh, Melania. Melania, I, she looks like a hostage. She does. <laughs> she looks a little sweaty too. <laughs> she, yeah. All right. Well, it's her second language. I don't want to give her a hard time for that. Honestly. No, no. Um, yeah. One, well, one thing that's weird about them, like actually putting that shit together and just saying like, this isn't the Republican convention, it's the Trump convention, right? Like, is that an exaggeration? Like, I don't think that I even think a... that this, the just recycling of the 2016 platform is further evidence that the Republican party, as we know it, is the Trump party. I mean, that's, they're just saying, yeah, whatever he says, we're good with. That's kind of what the memo says. I mean, this is just a condensed version. Watching this, you know, live mm-hmm. is just like a condensed version of what we already know. You yeah. know, it's that the president runs the party. There is no party besides the president. And once he's gone, whether that's in a few months or in four years, 
there's going to be new versions of him or something, but it won't be his personality and his cult. So, well, that's what his, you have. Leadership. You have all of these former Republicans, or even some that are still called. What you meant to say is that's why you have former republics where they turned into dictatorships. The dictator leaves, and there's no one to actually assume that role because they were a charismatic leader, and those people come around once in several generations. I think that's what you were starting to say. What did you mean to say? <laughs> I mean, that's a good point. But what I meant to say was that uh, you, you have seen some prominent Republicans, including Republicans who spoke at the Democratic National Convention, who've come out against Trump. You have the, the guys in the Lincoln Project. Um, there's a couple other similar organizations, entities out there who have come out um, against Trump as Republicans or as ex-Republicans, including people that were pretty high up in the party. Um, so, yeah, there are some people at least pushing back, and we'll see if it's enough. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, when I look at the conventions, I just have one thought is the conventions aren't for us. They're not for people like me and you. We are not their target audience on either side. Um, I treat watching both conventions as playing defense. I'm just looking to see like, okay, what are you guys saying that I need to watch out for once you're in office, whichever one wins. Right. Uh, what have you learned that these politicians are going, going to do with us? So Trump hasn't hasn't said at all really what his platform is for for his second term if he if he does win he's been asked multiple times in interviews you know what are you going to do and he kind of just him haws around and doesn't really say um obviously it'll be more of the same of what we already have seen um as far as the biden harris you know they've come out with a number of things as far as sort of a, a green new deal type thing um etc you know things that aren't coming to me yeah. at the moment but no it's um, okay yeah. ask me how about you what have I learned? Yes. I've, I've learned that they're going to spend my money. Oh, well, they uh, always very do different, that. Very different ways, but they are going to spend my money. Uh, That's what they do. The Republicans are going to pretend to be fiscally conservative, and then they're just going to print money. And uh, speaking on Biden's actually, since they at least did make a platform, right. um, somewhere in there it said something like their tax plan is going to bring in like, I don't, I don't remember, like $3 trillion. And their spending plan was over $7 trillion. So, okay, that's just $4 trillion that my kids' kids will pay for and not me because I'm already paying for my parents. So, On that point, the, party, the parties really don't matter. I mean, the, that, that's no. going to happen regardless. Yes. And it's, it's interesting because that was such a, a huge conservative talking point in recent history. And it yeah. still is, but the reality of what they actually do when they're in power is – you know, quite the opposite of spend trillions or spend billions of dollars on a war start, uh, excuse me. Well, yeah, on a war, spend billions of dollars on a wall, start kick, kickstarters for walls and bezel that money. Go <laughs> oh, to prison. Yeah. We didn't even talk yeah. about that. That's not going to come up this week, next week. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. That's it. That's it for the convention. Holy shit. That took a lot of time. The, so last week we were, we recorded on a Tuesday. Uh, the democratic convention was wrapping up uh, by the time most people listen to this, but one thing that I thought was notable was uh, people said, I, I listened to some of Biden's speech. Obviously, it was recorded, so he got a chance to do it multiple times. Whatever. Sure. I don't fucking care. Yeah. Um, I Dude, I literally don't care if the man can't talk. Uh, the, the That said, I heard people say that it was a good speech, but unmemorable. Uh, I thought that was funny because Biden actually didn't remember his own speech from 12 years ago. Uh, in in Did you hear anything about this? I didn't. I saw you had the note for it, but I, I he, hadn't seen anything. He 
he directly quoted his own VP speech from uh, when he got the accept when he accepted the the vice president nomination um, under Obama. W- one of the lines that he repeated in in both the 2008 speech and the one from last Thursday was, "It's about respect. It's about being able to look your kid in the eye and say it's going to be okay." Now, in the two speeches. Not every word is exactly word for word, but those two sentences follow each other. And then there's two other examples where he does that. I'm not going to sit here and repeat it because I'm not trying to say gotcha. I'm just saying this is really like clearly he has a, this is a phrase that he uses when he wants to connect to his audience. That's all. This is like a tool he has in his um, communications tool bag. He'll say it's about respect. It's about being able to look your kid in the eye. I say it's okay. He can probably apply that to a million different topics he's talking to. So he's recycled that. That said, this is the guy who was accused of plagiarism when he ran for office in 1988. So it's a really bad look to be doing the same thing this, you know, this time again uh, around. I mean, I guess I don't I don't find it all that surprising. I mean, people have rhetorical crutches that they fall back on. I would even be surprised if, you know, the people or the team that was helping him write his speeches were I'm sure they had to be aware that that verbiage had already been used previously. Um, so that, that doesn't really surprise me all that much. I mean, you're, <laughs> you're saying he's plagiarizing himself, I guess, which is kind of better um, than last time he got caught plagiarizing. Right. You know about that. <laughs> right. Well, but I mean, in 88, when he was r- running for president, he, uh, he plagiarized some British man's speech from 87. It's like, damn it. Well, I mean, Melania copied Michelle Obama's word, speech. <laughs> like almost word for word, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it happens. You'd think that there would be somebody out there on the team that would be like, hey, this sounds kind of familiar. Um, and, and like, I'm not going to go to bat for this president, but it's weird that we were mad when Melania did it and we treated her with respect because she, you know, she's not the one we hate, but we don't at least call him out. Like, I don't yeah. know. It, I don't know. Were we mad? I think there was just a lot of buzz about it. I don't think people were I guess there was angry. buzz about it. Yeah, no anger, sure. Yeah. yeah Mad's not, that was lazy speaking of me, sure. <laughs> All <right>. Got me. <laughs> gotcha. All right. So what do you make of Kellyanne Conway saying she's going to leave the White House in September? I don't think it's surprising. I mean, if you followed what's happening within her family. No, you haven't. Okay. So her daughter, who is uh, 15 years old, who is uh, a TikTok star, I think she has something like 600,000 followers on TikTok. Uh, So I have been so ignorant on this. Oh, yeah. Her daughter is. I I don't. Her daughter's super anti-Trump. Um, and has come out on, on TikTok with all kinds of things about um, her anti-Trump views. She has recently announced that she's is trying to get herself emancipated um, so that she could be removed from her, her home environment. Her father is one of the founders of the Lincoln Project, who is also anti-Trump, which is entertaining. Whoa, really? <laughs> yeah. So literally her, her husband, Kellyanne Conway's husband, is a founder of an anti-Trump organization, one of them. He has recently announced that he's going to leave that foundation because he wants to focus more on his family. She's doing the same thing. To me, it just feels like they made a compromise and said, look, this the whole this political thing is blowing up our family. Let's all take a step back and try and put ourselves back together. That's, that's what I think um, is going on there. Wow. So it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. All right. Well, sounds like one of those rare occasions where it is what they actually say. They're going to go home and focus on. Yeah. And if they're if that's the decision they're making, I mean, that's to me, that's a good decision. I mean, save your family. Right. This sure. politi- politics is just, you know, it's 
especially for for her what she's been doing it's just she doesn't need to do that she can she can exit gracefully try to repair her family and i support her doing that yeah yeah well, that's a better insight on that than i've gotten from any headline you want to take a break and come back on the b-side absolutely i'm out of beer all right is the B-side of our platter, sports fans. And I'm singing just for you, covered in sequins. <laughs> in the cans of your mind. Greetings in our country and around the world. I continue, I continue to believe that by shining a light on these positive examples, Others across the country and globe will become inspired to do their part for our next generation. Helping children is not a political goal. It is our moral imperative. When I think back to a defining moment of Be Best, my mind goes to a trip I took to Africa. On that vast and beautiful continent, I was able to... I thought you actually left too. Sorry. Or no, no. I thought you actually left. You had the sound <laughs> that I was watching. Yeah. Uh, you see, there's like a hundred people there watching this. No, no yeah, it's social, like a wedding. No social distancing. No masks. Oh like, shit! You're right. Well, they all probably they all probably got tested. Sure. I mean, if I wouldn't, I if it was the Democratic Party, I'd be like, you guys probably got tested, right? Like. Yeah, and then I wouldn't make a big stink about it, so I'm not gonna flip out about it. I anything. saw some reporting before we went on the air today of uh, apparently one of her friends is coming out with the book in the near future, um, and she claims to have audio recordings of Melania saying disparaging things about uh, Trump's family, specifically Ivanka, and also about Donald Trump himself. So I didn't have time to really run all that down, and I don't know if there's all that much out there yet, but that'll be super interesting if that comes out. You saw that Lincoln Project video where he's holding her hand and then he's like, no, we it, talked about it last week. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. I don't think we talked about it on the show. We talked about oh, it okay. privately, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, shall we, uh, do we dive back in? Yeah, I'm super not stoked to talk about this next subject, though. I'm not either, and I, I don't have a whole lot on it. I just I actually don't either. So, yeah, let's get into the biggest should... news of the day, honestly. Yeah. All right. So... We have a another police shooting in the news. Uh, they just seem to keep on coming. This was a gentleman named Jacob Blake that was shot in Kenosha, Wisconsin. He was shot seven times in the back as he was trying to get in his car. Um, most of you listening to this have probably seen the video. Um, the details of what happened are still really unclear. Um, apparently, the the police was were called were responding to a domestic dispute. Um, if you watch the video, was it a domestic dispute? I'd see. So I've seen reporting I... saying that perhaps he attempted to get in between two people that were fighting, and that's how he was. was that okay? Involved. So then I, I must have saw some uh, uh, bad reporting saying that they were there to arrest a suspect, or like oh, there I was they had like a. I thought they were following up on like a warrant or something like hmm. that. I haven't seen that, but I mean, okay. like I said, it's still yeah. pretty murky out there. Yeah. Um, if you watch the video, you see him sort of having an altercation with the police where they're attempting to restrain him next to the car. 
he somehow manages to sort of slip around that, and he just literally walks away from them with his back. While the while the officer is pointing a gun at him the whole time, right? Right, right. Multiple the, officers. So are. while while he's walking from one side of the car around the front of around the car, the front of the car and too. then up towards the and opening the, the driver's side door, yeah. he's being followed, you know, at a brisk walk by an officer with a gun pointed at him. Right, but he seems to be sort of nonchalantly just yeah. walking around his car to get in. As he opens the driver's side door. Um, one of the cops grabs him by the shirt and pulls him. He's still attempting to get in the car, and the officer literally shoots him point blank in the back um, as he's holding the man by his shirt seven times. Um, he survived the shooting. He's in the hospital now. The family say that he's partially paralyzed and that one of the bullets um, severed part of his spinal cord. Um, so just another tragic, I mean, it's just... Dude, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really bad at following orders when i'm only being told to yeah and i watched that video and i saw somebody saying i don't have to fucking do what you tell me to just because you think you're so important yeah and i don't know what i I don't want to make it sound like i think he's a good guy i don't you know and i'm not saying that i'm just saying he's a human and he was probably and he looked to be a human that didn't want to be compelled to do something so in the process of what you have to do to negotiate a live, wild human, call it whatever you want. We live in cities, we're civilized, but we're animals, we're humans. And you have to, if you're gonna subdue someone into the point of taking away their freedom, it's not gonna be easy if that person's conscious. So this person clearly didn't want to comply with being subdued and they were walking around Angrily, sure. And they opened their car door. And I don't care if he was reaching for a bazooka. He didn't point it at you. You were scared and you fucking shot that guy. And you know what? If he shot him once and then he was like, oh, shit. Okay, hold on. We got to save this guy. I could say something. But he shot him and then he shot him six more times, dude. Like, yeah. I've, been so, I've been so upset by this it's one. It's pretty horrific to watch. And then nothing happened from it. And... And I couldn't figure out why nothing was happening from it. And even today while I was at work, I was like, I don't know what we're going to fucking talk about with it. And then I looked at your note and it said, family says he's partially paralyzed. And I was like, oh, I just assumed he died. He got shot in the back seven times, point blank. Like, you don't miss. You're dead. You got shot seven times. Right. And then that makes sense because I've heard police say the life support that they offered, like as an excuse, like as if it's like, oh, I glued together the vase after I threw a baseball into it on purpose. Like... Yeah, they, this is so upsetting. And I'm scared of this one, man. They did provide um, first aid or medical response immediately on scene, but it's still. I mean, and to your point, the guy at no time really seems to be like attacking. Shoot the him police. in the back seven times a threat. Well, no, he's not even attacking them. He just wants to get away, and he's not even doing that. Like you know, he's not like running. He's not you know, he's non-compliant. I guess to your point, but it's uh, it's just uh, man. You know, they treated him like someone that they didn't have to care about the consequences of their actions on him. They said, you're coming with us. I don't care what you think you're doing. You're coming with us. No, excuse me. Just be, I don't care if you have the law on your side, just because you're saying you're coming with us. It doesn't mean that I am because I'm alive and I'm a human. Right. And you have to be able to subdue me. And it doesn't mean shoot me in the back seven times and fucking do it. I'm tired of this shit, man. Like I didn't see I am far from a perfect person. I make insensitive racial comments all the time. I looked at that person and I thought that could have been me. 
That, that looked like me. That's the type of shit I do. I say, you're not fucking telling me to do that. Give me a good reason. Give me a good reason. I'd be saying that. I'd be saying, give me a good reason. Why the fuck am I getting in your car? Right. And they'd shoot me seven times. <sighs> yeah. In other news, the UAE wanted to... No, I'm just kidding. Fuck, dude. How do we get... I, I, can't, I can't spin out of this one, man. I think we say that we can't, yeah, that's it's a tough story. It's still developing, and there's just you know this the climate that we're we've been in over the last six months in this country. All the the protesters on the streets, all the the just the anger that's been poured out in from from. Everybody in these communities who are saying this has to stop, and it hasn't stopped. I mean, that's the bottom line. That's what you can say about the story: is that no, it, it we haven't being things that got filmed. Right? We haven't made progress. It, it's there's still no progress. Everything that's you know, all the people in the street. I mean, maybe the progress has been made in certain areas, but overall, as a country, it's still fucking sucks. I mean, there's there's no two ways about it. Um, and I don't know what the solution to that is, but clearly we have a long way to go before we get to anything like a fair civil society like all of us want to live in and deserve to live in. And that's the promise of this country that clearly has not been fulfilled. Well, yeah, I, I, I'm at a loss, right? This, Yeah. And like anything I keep thinking of saying is going to sound like I'm going to politicize it so i'm not gonna say that like i wish there was a candidate that sounded like they were promising changes to this but yeah. i don't i mean i one is saying law and order and the other one is i guess the good side on this in theory but wrote the 94 crime bill and has a attorney general as their running mate like it don't i'm not i'm not saying that one is a zinger this time like that's two weeks ago i don't fucking yeah. care anymore like uh you know, okay, I can get out of this. Here, I wrote this down right before we started the show. All right. Give me a second. Yep. Um, there, I didn't have a place for this, so this is as good a time as any. Um, uh, so I have an idea. I have an idea, Alan. Um, Let's hear it. So, I, you know what? It actually fits into what I was just saying, how, you know, we only have two choices of who we're going to vote for, right? Mm -hmm. All right. So I have an idea. I want to challenge Donald Trump to do something exceptional. He has an opportunity to be the first president in our lifetime to beat two candidates, not just one. Donald Trump, admit that Joe Biden is easy competition and not worthy of your full attention. Allow Joe Jorgensen to debate and show America that you can be the first president to beat two different parties and prove that you can unite us the way you claim. Do it. Allow her to debate. Open it up. You have the ability to do so. Tell them, I don't want to debate Joe. He's, he's a tomato can. I want, I want the other Joe. By the way, libertarians, good fucking job. The, the person you're really competing against is Joe Biden. And you said, who do we have? We have someone who has Joe in their name twice. Here's Joe, Joe, here's Joe Jorgensen. But, but allow George Jorgensen, the libertarian candidate to debate. Or anybody else listening, allow your Green Party candidate to debate. I don't know them by name. But please, Trump, I challenge you. I know you'll never listen to this. But you know you can beat Biden. Let someone else onto the debate. End this bullshit of two parties. All right. That's the only way we're going to get some change, man. Then we'll get some real police reform. The, the people, Republicans act like libertarian ideas have happened before and they failed. 
left-wing people act like li libertarian ideas are just bizarre and like not um, not feasible. But the fact of the matter is, whatever the two or three or five-leg stool that was republicanism or conservatism under Ronald Reagan and then both Bushes, the only part that hasn't been tried is libertarianism. I'm talking about, you know, we've done the neocon thing. We've done, you know, preemptive wars. We've done trickle-down economics. Like the one thing that hasn't fucking been tried is libertarianism, particularly the social and cultural deregulation of American life and the absolute trust and belief in people that they can live their lives on their own without having to be bailed out by the government. Like I just would like to see that fucking tried in one way or the other. I'd love to see the libertarian party be able to debate against these that these people are not bringing any substance and anything that motivates anyone. The only way Joe Biden motivates anyone is by not being Trump. And that's fucking, you know, in 2020, that's not fucking good enough. We, we're a whole generation of millennials that get complained about because we don't want to go to work because we aren't being motivated. How, I mean, God, is it so much to ask that we can have one of the politicians that our parents had that actually motivated people? I mean, I know everybody got murdered in 1968, so all the good ones are gone, but please? I mean, depending on who you, how you look at things, that could have been Obama. And I think he had the potential for that, but he let, let us all down more than I feel like he provided. But he was a good one. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, so last week we talked a little bit about the UAE normalizing diplomatic relations with Israel. And we talked about the fact that the U.S. could now sell more um, sophisticated weapons to the UAE because of that. There was a glitch in the feed. People were on the side of the the like the garden where they all were, hmm. and then like a frame later, they were all gone. Hmm. I'm still watching it; they're still there. But yeah, if you back it up, you'll see it. When I mean, like it, within one frame, the people are gone. It's really weird. Over on like the hallway in the back and on the right. Weird. Yeah. All right. Sorry, um, dude. Go on. So, in fact, Mike Pompeo is likely to speak about that if he hasn't already spoken about that as far as. Trumpeting it as peace in the Middle East, which we already talked about last week. Um, and guess what? what? What happened this week after we had that? After we talked about that on the show? Yeah. Uh, somebody wanted to sell jets to Iran, right? <laughs> no, not Iran. Not Iran. Close. Not oh. in the general area. Yeah. Just a little yeah. bit south. More emirate <laughs> More yeah. emirate Isn't yes. that crazy? The, the, so it turns out, even during the whole peace negotiations, Jared Kushner had plans to sell F-35s to the UAE. And once it goes through, they're like, hey, by the way, we got an invoice. Do you want to sign in this? <laughs> How about that? Yeah. Isn't that um, something? Do you want to know something? <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> um, one fun fact about uh, F-35s, they are still not cleared to fly around anywhere where they think there's live lightning. Because they uh, they have irreparable da irreparable damage caused to their lightning avoidance systems. I swear to Christ. <laughs> what the? Well, yeah. they definitely shouldn't but, fly them anywhere around here. Then that would wait, be. Hold on. Can the F thirty five fly in lightning? Uh, the F thirty five Lightning two strike uh, strike fighter. Oh my God! It's called the Lightning two. Okay, hold <laughs> on. Well, no, I didn't know that. the F thirty five Lightning two strike fighter is temporarily barred from flying near actual lightning. More than a dozen Air Force F thirty fives were discovered with damage to a system to design uh, designed to prevent catastrophic damage from lightning strikes. <laughs> oh, the irony! Yeah. Hey, I, good thing there isn't any lightning strikes in like the Middle East. Yeah, know? that doesn't happen over there. No, they don't have not in the desert. No, no not monsoons at all. or anything like that. <laughs> Fuck, man. It's so you know the simulation's coming off the rails, man. 
Um, all right, you want to talk about the virus a little bit? We haven't really talked about that yet this episode. You had a note? Yeah, I, I mean, I have my note on the virus, but do you have anything you want to update? Like things you've heard anecdotally, what you're experiencing up there in the Bay? Um, I mean, so so the new infection rates are declining. We're at hitting around, I think, 40, 43,000 a day from the high of around 66,000 a day. Death rates are declining as well. So, I mean, if you look at the at the graphs, they are going in the right direction. However, we still, you know, we have nearly 180,000 Americans dead of this virus, and we, we lead the world in a bad way as far as number of infections and, and deaths. Um, so... I mean, Trump can can say all he wants that, you know, his leadership to save thousands of people. But I think if you actually look at his response to the virus, it's clear that it's quite the opposite is, is what's true. And he doesn't really get to play the whole like opportunity cost deaths, because if we really want to calculate that, chances are the people that are dead is a higher number than it should have been. Yes. It's like, look, I let this get out of control. But then the things I did saved 100,000 lives. It's like, OK, like. <laughs> Don't drink before you drive next time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My son, my son started school this week, and he is doing all distance learning. So, are you um, how how is that being set up? Some people we know make children. <laughs> Some listeners, yeah, can relate. I can't relate. I never talk about kid stuff. So, uh, yeah, he's it's it's going well. He has I think four or five classes he has to dial into a week, and then he um, meets with his main teacher once a week as well. And it kind of goes over the stuff that he kind of just does on his own, sort of, uh, you know, without any much direction. Um, so it's cool; it's working out. Um, one of the things I heard, one of the things I heard early on was that the one of the effects is going to be, you know, at school kids are really only learning about like twenty percent of the time, right? And then you get them home, and it's like, look, because then you get. I heard that in the context of being told this backwards. So it was it was being presented. Now that we're at home, I'm only teaching them like two or three hours and then they're free to go. And it's like, yes, just like when you're in school, this is mostly bullshit and socializing and a little bit of book learning. And most of that's followed up with at home. And hopefully you have good parents where you're actually learning anything from blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's very concentrated. The uh, the calls he has to do. I, one of some way that works you just for me. Compare schools to concentration. <laughs> I did not. Uh, one of the people I that works for me was just telling me that uh, her son is doing PE over like a Zoom call. So like the the teacher puts on like a workout video that the kid has to fall along with. Do the dance that Chris Farley does where he goes, I'm a maniac, (laughs) maniac. And I said, well, does the teacher do the workout routine too? And she's like, no, the teacher just sits there on camera and like just watches. That's all they do. Run in place. (laughs) Run again. Do it again. Do some more jumping jacks. Jump over the rope. Spin the rope and jump over the rope. Can you imagine the stories these kids are going to have that live through this? I mean, what the the stories they're going to have to tell their kids in the in the future. It's going to be quite a thing. No, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Speaking right. of which, the kid, you said kids that lived through this. You know, only like 78 kids have died in the U.S.? It's very low. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that, so there's a news headline that I'd seen repeatedly, and then one of my more, the more conspiratorial podcasts I listened to, No Agenda, uh, brought up as a topic was the phrase twindemic. Has that phrase made it up to you? Are you referring to the the flu season as combined oh. with COVID? Is that so it has made it up to you? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, well, uh, sorry, I shouldn't jump into it so quickly. Alan, what is a twindemic? So the idea that 
both the flu and the um, the COVID um, going to be active at the same time. Um, and they're, I mean, you could say the flu's the flu's not gen- generally a pandemic, um, but one of the problems is the the diagnosis of COVID because the symptoms are going to be similar to that of the flu. So how are you going to know which you got? And then if we don't have the testing in place that we need, then that's a problem. Um, and if enough people don't take, get the flu shot, then, you know, the flu starts to, to spread more rapidly. And then you have the chance of overwhelming hospitals even further because they're experiencing um, influx from both COVID patients as well as standard influenza patients. Uh, it's just kind of snowballs the whole thing. Sure. Okay. Yeah. That definitely does sound scary. And what I'm about to say... I hope doesn't sound like I'm diminishing what that potential could be. Sure. So in in the United States, flu transmission went to nearly zero in this country in the third week of April. Coincide with anything important you can think of? Yeah, that's when. Yeah. The, so yeah. so with, with so with lockdown, flu stopped spreading. And like flu doesn't just like hang out in Iowa while everybody is in their house and then come back out next winter. You know, it's not it's not like in America. It's like the flu is here. And then it gets hot out and it says, okay, well, I'm going to go into my cave. And then it comes back out. The flu travels, right? Mm -hmm. So it goes through populations into continents, through jets onto other sides. People travel. They go on vacation. That's why it spreads. So so it, it went to like near zero. So if you can imagine the flu travels from one region into another region and it comes into the United States and it leaves the United States. It doesn't only go to the United States, but just follow me here. Sure. When everybody shut down you know, including around the world, really, um, the flu and no one traveled, the flu didn't go south. It didn't um, affect the winter in the southern hemisphere during our summer because people weren't flying south. Australia is down by 99% this year. The rest of the summer, southern hemisphere is way down to Chile, Argentina, New Zealand all have really low numbers. Interesting. I um, didn't know that. Yeah. So if it isn't big there and there are no flights from there to here, then you can't receive flu here. Because like I said, it's not hanging out in Iowa. Right. So it can't migrate if there's nobody yeah. around. So I, I don't really know that we're going to have that big of a flu year this year. Not to mention we'll all be practicing social distancing on top of it, which obviously is going to have a compounding effect on respiratory viruses, right? I mean, that would be great news uh, if that's if that's the case. That's, I mean, geez, we don't need another thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't We've got enough. as a conspiracy, <clears throat> although that is a good drop right here. Atlanta didn't ever burn. Atlanta was a false flag operation. And Abraham Lincoln was a crisis actor. But uh, they it, on that podcast, they were talking about it a little bit more along the lines of like, why does the media have to be so hysterical all the time? Like, mm. we're not even experiencing this yet. You don't need to be doing twindemic, twindemic alert with Chirons down in the corner, you know? <laughs> yeah, fair. So speaking of... Uh... 2020 just being nonstop fun in action. It uh, looks like there's a hurricane headed for the Gulf Wait, wait, Coast. I have more COVID. Oh, sorry. Sorry. It's My okay. bad. Hopefully I don't train. have more COVID. Um, <laughs> although I have had a stuffy nose, but I think that's like a later symptom. Uh, dude, I was worked to death last week. I was thinking it. I was like, God, like my immune system is shit right now. I know that. Oh, yeah. But, eh, wish me luck. <laughs> uh, so uh, just two thoughts. These probably are like little non sequiturs, but allow me. Uh, people keep saying the word pre-COVID. Have you heard people say that when they say, like, oh, well, you know, like pre-COVID, we'd do this, right? Mm-hmm. Have you heard that? Yeah, sure. I just need everyone to know that about two-fifths of the way through that word, I'm just imagining that you're saying pre-cum. <laughs> Why? You say it all you want. Why? It sounds like pre 
Oh, okay. People, a lot of people in your circle use that term often. Don't say circle and pre-com <laughs> in like the same state. Uh, in other news, I saw the NBA is using proximity sensors. And so you have to wear like a badge on your vest. And if you're within somebody else wearing a badge, your proximity sensor, uh, the, if you're there too long or too close, it goes off. Have you heard about that? No, I haven't. I did listen to... I didn't That's the future. Yeah, I did listen to part of that podcast. I didn't finish it, but the podcast, uh, The Daily had an episode about how the NBA bubble was working. And it seems like that they're kind of doing it. Way more interesting than I thought it would be. It seems like they're kind of doing it right. Like, I mean, compared to what the MLB is experiencing, and I think the NHL is doing something similar to what the NBA is doing. But they, those guys are really in a bubble, like literally. Yeah. Um, yeah. That one guy got quarantined for like 10 days and lost game checks for sneaking out and getting chicken wings. It's like, man. I saw some reporting today that uh, schools are like heavily cracking down on, on kids, specifically universities, that oh, don't follow did protocols. Did you see that about Alabama? Alabama had huge news today. No, I didn't see that part, I don't think. Alabama had like 3,000 new cases today. Oh, shit. And they said it didn't count like 300 cases that were like um, as they walked in, which I'm like, well, what the fuck were the other cases? Just say what all your cases are. <laughs> like, right. like, So it's you have like 39,000. And somebody joked like, that's more than we had in Canada today. And then someone else goes... Yeah, well, that's more championships than Canada's ever had, and that's a good point. <laughs> Roll Tide. Yeah, right. uh, I mean, that's not really surprising oh, yeah. that people. Oh, you, oh, you made me say that. Oh, ah, I'll be back. That's not surprising. Wash my hands. I'll be back. <laughs> wash your mouth out with soap. Do a shot. Something you got to get that out of your out of your system. Oh God. Totally inappropriate. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I can't believe you said that, Dustin. I know. I have an Oklahoma tattoo. Okay. That's good to know. Um, Get us on track, Alan. I'm a wreck. (laughs) All right. So in keeping with the uh, theme of 2020, which is that, uh, you know, it's just nonstop fun in action. We got pandemics. We got fires. We got got everything, folks. Uh, Hurricane Laura is about to hit. How do they spell Laura? uh, The normal way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Hurricane Laura about to hit the Gulf. It's going to impact Texas and Louisiana. They're expecting it to make landfall, I believe it's tomorrow evening. Um, expecting 110 mile per hour winds when it hits. Is that mild for a hurricane? It's a category three, I think. So not. Oh, that's not bad. That's not good. That's not good. Uh, yeah. Obviously, they're expecting a storm surge again. Who knows what that will be? But that obviously doesn't bode well for you know Houston, Houston Louisiana, all yeah. that. All that. Uh, more than a half a million people have been ordered to evacuate, which is massive. Oh my God! All these people are going to start having to live on top of each other. Yeah, that seems like. And not a good if thing. anybody's sick, they're just going to. Oh my God! Oh, can you imagine being in a storm shelter? That's literally what happened in New York. Everybody in New York got sick with, first of all, the worst strain of this virus. But also, they all lived on top of each other. Jesus. And it was cold, so they had to stay inside. Yeah, it's just, uh, (laughs) you know, it's, you know, hopefully it's not as bad as that we're expecting. But uh, it definitely does not appear good. It it seems like it could be a pretty tragic event. so hopefully those people get out of there and are able to yeah. to be safe. But uh, well, with uh, hopefully next week we're talking about something mild that blew through. I guess. Yeah, exactly. We'll 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 follow up next week. We'll see what happens. But we'll uh, the there's two hurricanes, or did one get downgraded to a tropical storm? 
I think so. Yeah, this is going to saturate one. the water that the like the water table or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, isn't that the issue with Houston? Is they can't handle runoff? Yeah, it's the same in in New Orleans. What happened? You know, the storm surge. No, no, no. It's a little different. Like in New Orleans, they're below sea level. In Houston, right. they put so much concrete down, like the water. Oh, right, right. Water. You're right. Yes, yeah. you're correct. Yes, it's All crazy. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I mean, we talked about the. The NOAA was forecasting that weather was going to be bad this year, you know, much worse than, than average. And it's, here we go. It's here. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. Can... I mean, at the same things. At the same time, we're at the end of August and these are our first two hurricanes. So hopefully it's just a short season, not a late starting one. Yeah. It, I mean, this is when they start with, uh, I mean, bad hurricane seasons. We've already had two, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a funny news story. Can we shift into that? Let's do it. All right, headline, news headline, gun enthusiasts celebrate man who shot himself in the balls as their king. Uh, this is a vice headline, so this is for fun. Um, I did not read the it. article, but the headline is very amusing. Yeah, I sent it to you, told you to add this to the show sheet, don't open the article. Right. So a guy who shot himself in the balls posted his journey from discharge to hospital visit, and it's made him a king online. So uh, I, I read through it a little. Excuse me. All right. So there's um, like a Reddit group or an online group. I don't, I don't know where it's. Oh, it's a, it's a Facebook group. Oh, uh, the name. Because there's never yeah, any disinformation out there. No, but there's the name of a. Fa- <laughs> the, this is all. I mean, I don't care if this is real. It's hilarious. I, I, this, this has to be real. I need it to be real. Uh, a, so the name of the Facebook group is Loaded Guns Pointed at Venus with a B. <laughs> I like Which it already. Which is funny. I think you can say penis on Facebook, but whatever. Um, so they, he posted a video of himself. So the, 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 the group is just pictures of people pointing loaded guns at their penis with the gun on the, uh, with their finger on the trigger. Um, let, let me summarize the purpose of this group. Apparently they are online to troll other gun owners. These are gun owners that say, I don't have to have trigger discipline. You guys are all idiots. You know, I can just not pull the trigger and I'll be okay. So to emphasize that point, they, you know, they show pictures of them with their guns, you know, with the safeties off and their fingers, you know, inside the trigger guard, um, which is terrifying just to look at. Like you, when you see any of these pictures, you're just like, oh, I can't like I, I don't know, you know, a ton of people who are gun enthusiasts, I would say. But of the ones that I do know, they're very conscientious, I, including you. Um, they're very conscientious with how uh, they use weapons. And I, I would find it surprising that there would even be there'd be any sort of sizable group within that community that would just flaunt all of that. I mean, I guess, you know, there's always gonna be assholes, but I, I've never met anybody like that. Yeah. No, I'm, I know. Right? <laughs> like it's hilarious. Well, so this guy uh posted a video of himself pointing a loaded nineteen eleven handgun at his junk. There's a brief pause before the gun discharges. <laughs> he posted the he video posts- of it? Yeah, and then he Jesus. posts. Uh, he he says, "Boys, hey boys, I might have fucked up." He posted <laughs> you think? as he, yeah, he wrote it as a comment on there, and then he put pictures of the blood on the carpet and his legs. I guess um, the guy posted uh, through the incident as he bled. God's caliber forty five went through my scrotum, mattress, box spring, and floor. He wrote. Originally, the man thought he'd just grazed his balls, but a subsequent hospital visit told a different story. 
anyways, the guy's alive. And now everybody on that group has hailed him as king because he has survived living through such a dumb display of what they encourage. I love it. it, it I, these people are terrible. I right. do not support anything that they're doing. But as a news story, I had so much fun reading this article. <laughs> well, that's certainly an entertaining story. <laughs> yeah. All right. Did you want to talk about the uh, the phrase that pays or the phrase <laughs> the phrase that pays the phrase that's been uh, quoted often in the, in the De- Democratic National Convention? Oh yeah. Uh, so a phrase that's been used often is "build back better." Oh. Um, Biden said it. A number of people that spoke at the Democratic National Convention said it, and I don't know why, but Dustin wanted it on the show sheet. So do tell. So it it's. It's being used all over the world now, too. Really? Um, yes, yeah. In uh, in the corona relief, like, uh, EU conversations that have gone on, the speeches oh, that, are being, that have been had there, yeah, their phrase, uh, their catchphrase for it is build back better. Justin Trudeau used it, I think, last week. He said, it, like, his theme of his speech was build back better. I'm not one of these people. Like, I am... I do not want to get on my podcast. I did not create this podcast <laughs> so that I could get on here and say they're putting fluoride in the water to turn the frogs gay. But <laughs> I don't know, like when this sounds like the globalist plot that everybody's been like screaming about with their hands above their head in right wing circles. Like they literally all have the same campaign and they're not like releasing it as one big like, you know. Build Back Better, you're going to catch us all doing it at the same time. Like, they're all using it as their campaign. Like, it's the theme of the rebuild. And that's fine, but it's weird that there clearly is some coordination with it. There has to be. There's no way there isn't coordination with it. And if there's coordination, then there's organized intent. And that's fine, too. But, it like, if you're not talking about that, that's scary. And it breeds conspiracy. I don't know that there's clearly some organization behind it. I mean, just the fact that multiple entities are using the same phrase. It's I, not their native language in the EU. Like, this man speaks with an accent, and he's saying, build back better. It's like, catchy. I don't, I, I don't think I wonder, it's catchy. I wonder where it originated, because we don't even know that it necessarily I originated. it originated the EU. <laughs> really? Yeah, I actually think it got used initially on a climate change thing. Oh, and was then, it that one girl, the... Uh, no. Greta... Uh, no. No? Okay. I like her. I didn't like how everybody treated her. Yeah. I kind of agree with that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I um, <laughs> It's interesting. I would like to see where, expect that from you. where the actual uh, phrase originated from. And, well, and from you there. know what? I'll look into it. I'll talk about it. I do show. know that it was definitely predominant in the DNC, for sure. They said that okay, a lot. So that's, that does scare me. Like, here, here's how that scares me. It in, it in no way scares me that there's like some coordination with other countries. Mm-hmm. I can see that being beneficial. It scares me that... But... So it's... Uh, in a dystopian movie, it would be the the message that gets broadcast worldwide that's sort of supposed to uh, get the people on board with whatever the program is, even though yeah. it's not in their best interest. It's kind of... Right, like in the... Yeah, in the dystopian movie, it's like the phrase that everyone says, but you're like the character that woke up in the coma or... And realized that it comment. was bullshit. Yeah, and you're like, why are you guys saying that? You right, know? Yeah, right. that's what it feels like. Yeah, it's got hints of that. Thanks for saving that. I was okay. totally on an island there. Even of, of my own creation. Right. We'll stop... We'll hang up the podcast and I'll be like, fuck, this is what I was going to say. That's fine. <laughs> we and made it. We, we figured it out. Stop with my fucking head, dude. I, uh, it happens to me too. 
I'm good. So right. I do have some questions. All right. I'm excited. All right. So this one, actually, uh, I think I texted you this and you were like, yeah, totally. But um, hey, I feel like a long time ago, like April, um, <laughs> I think, did Fisherman's Wharf burn down? Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco? Yeah. Did I say yeah? I thought they did. I don't no, remember dude, that No, it at was all. in the news. Fisherman's Wharf burnt down. You live up there. I thought you would just know this. Hold on. I'll Google. Oh, I'm Googling too. We'll simultaneously Google. How do you spell wharf? Oh. <laughs> I always want to spell it like the guy in Star Trek. Oh, wharf. Lieutenant wharf. Yeah. Yes. Uh, May 24th, 2020. Oh, all I did was type in Fisherman's oh! Wharf. I didn't type burn down. I do remember this. It wasn't the whole wharf. It was like a, it was like one of the buildings. Don't tell me it was uh, the Hard Rock Cafe. No, I remember I could actually see it from my from my deck. I remember. I think we talked about it. Damn, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty. That was intense. like nine years ago. No, May twenty fourth, twenty. Yeah, it, it does feel like nine years ago. You're right. Yeah, it does. Like that is ancient history at this point. But yeah, I could actually see that from like from my deck. I can see the the city, and I could actually see the fire from here. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. It was intense, uh, but not the whole thing. Like it's still, it'll be fine. It's, it's oh, the wharf is still there. Yeah, it was just like one of the one of the warehouses or hangars or whatever that's over there. Oh, um, not even like the main wharf. Not even thing. the whole wharf. No, yeah, nah, bullshit. Goddamn <laughs> globalist turning the <laughs> wharf. No Rashy. doubt, it was. Right. Are the seals okay? I'm sure the seals are fine. Yeah, they're. Pretty, have you heard my seal impression? They're pretty hardy. I, I have, but I don't know if the listeners have, and it's, it's a treat. So. I've been kissed by a rose on the grid. That was, that was beautiful, man. Do you want to hear my Tony Hawk impression? Yes, I do. I'll be here next week if you are. Yeah, all right. See how much of that lasts. Uh, non sequitur, Florida, Georgia line country, like that type of country uh-huh. just sounds like the embodiment of the status quo to me, would say you. Hmm. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. A lot of a lot of modern country is kind of bleh. But like that, I know it's generic, but like I think it never really quite vibed for me until I was like, no, it feels like the status quo. You're like, you've got that like sort of like sketchy guitar going. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's like skippy. It's mm-hmm. like... You're like, okay, I'll be fine forever because I'm white and things are good. <laughs> yeah. And you, when you listen to that music, they're like, and America's great and nothing's wrong and the Democrats are lying to you. And you're like, yeah, everything's fine as long as I stay on this channel. <laughs> Remember the Dixie Chicks? Uh, you mean the Chicks? The Dixie Chicks, yes. No, they they changed their name. Oh, they're just the chicks. The lady... No, but then they changed it again, and then they didn't look up and see if somebody else already had that name, and somebody already had that name, and it was like they were racist because of it. Hold on. Dude, Lady Antebellum also recently changed oh, their name. that's who I was thinking of. Never mind. Okay, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, that's. I was like, I think that sounds like a story I've heard. Yeah. Okay, I actually yeah, like so Lady that... Antebellum. Yeah, they're fine. Yeah, all right. Some of the songs are good. Yeah. Uh, they have a song about like a bury me. Is that the one? Bury me down. Yeah, that one makes me cry every fucking time I hear it. I yeah, know. they do have some sad ones. Uh, is the Queen of England just the opposite of toddlers and tiaras? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
the exact opposite, clearly. But with more corgis. Who was I was talking with somebody. It wasn't you, was it? No, it wasn't you. Did, was it the person that called her a wear corgi? No. I was oh, talking with me. somebody about how old the queen was. I had no idea. She's ancient, dude. She's like Yeah. Hold she's on. Like older than Joe Biden. Yeah, which is hard to be. How old is God, if you didn't know, you'd think I was like super all right. <laughs> queen of England. She's ninety four years old, dude. Did wow. you know that? I no. did not know that. She's some, seen some shit, dude. Born in 1926. Jesus. Anyways, yeah. sorry. Oh. No, it's okay. Uh, I Oh, Alan, get ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I might want to get rollerblades. Really? Natasha wants to get into roller skating, and she keeps asking me if I want to get into roller skating. I'm like, I'll rollerblade. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. Do it. We'll Do see. it. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to roller skate. No, fuck that. Uh, oh, I have a new butthole story. <laughs> I thought we were trying to get rid of the butthole stories. I know, but this happened last night. <laughs> okay. Not like that. We're never um, going to get Hannah Cox on the show. We can't go two weeks without know, talking about right. buttholes. <laughs> okay, let me just get this out of the way really <laughs> Let's quick. Let's do it. Uh, so my bathroom's kind of cramped, and um, well, you can probably see where this is going. <laughs> no? Okay. Um, do uh, you use a squatty potty? I do not. I, I'm familiar with the product, what? but I don't use right, it. Whatever. Um, so my squatty potty doesn't fit in. Okay. I don't use a squatty potty. I just have a trash can with a lid on it. And I, I'm like, oh, I could just use that to put my feet on. So I use that. But anyways, um, the trash can sits either next to the toilet or behind the door. And when it's next to the toilet, it's kind of a pain in the ass to bring it in front of the toilet. I like pain in the ass is funny choice of words here. Um, I choose to keep it just behind the door usually, but with that, I can't close open the door all the way. Last night I was busting a piss. I did the like toddler thing where I just pulled my, cause I had like gym shorts on, uh, even though I don't work out. Um, and like, I was like done peeing, shook it off. And I backed up right into the fucking doorknob. Oh shit. <laughs> it didn't give me the splinter treatment. I'm fine. But it was like, Oh wow. I thought I was going to go a week without getting my butt into a weird situation. Oh, hey, also on possible. Saturday when I got off work, I stripped naked and jumped in the pool and Natasha filmed it. I put that on our Instagram. Check it out. I saw it. Quite entertaining. Yeah, use like a beach ball, I think, for a... I uh, used a corgi face oh. and an emoji on one side. Yeah, anyways. anyways. What were you going to say? Uh, it's actually... we are never you, done that? I've never done that, no. Yeah. No. This is the first for me, too. Wow. At least that's what I told him. <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, usually don't do this. Okay. Um, yeah, that brings to the end of my questions. Let's move into the end of show. What, uh, what's been in our media diet? All right. Alan, uh, can you start? Sure, sure. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Uh, so You saw my note at the top of the- I did, of the, I did. Yeah, I'm mad at you. At which, I've been waiting all week- I can't wait. To get mad at you. I can't wait. All right, so I watched a movie on Netflix called The Last Days of American Crime. It was released in 2020. Stars Edgar Ramirez, who you will recognize. He was a one of the bad guys in uh, the Bourne movies, like one of the other assassins I was trying to kill, Jason Bourne. Oh, okay. Um, he kind of, he has that look of like the bad drug dealer guy always. I don't know. He played, you, you'll recognize him for sure. Um, the movie is a, I'll, I'll kind of give a brief synopsis of what it's about, which is basically... At some point in the future, the government figures out a way to deploy this signal nationwide, which prevents people from committing any crimes. Like if you try to commit a crime, your brain just kind of goes like 
off on you and you can't really do it. And so they they decide they're going to release this across the country all on the same date. And so basically after this point uh, in time, America will be crime-free. So the movie kind of starts with that, and you see sort of people's reactions in the streets, and there's all kinds of people out protesting and committing violent crimes and things like that, just in advance of it. And everybody's trying to get to Canada because Canada is not going to do this. So Canada sort of becomes the, uh, the promised land where everybody's trying to get to. So the main character, played by this Edgar Ramirez guy, uh, he's going to do one last score, right? He's going to uh, get you know these billions of dollars in cash stolen mm-hmm. from like a, like a U.S. Mint type place, and he's going to drive it across the border to Canada. So he has to kind of come up with the plan, and um, it's kind of has some Sin City vibes to it a little bit. It's like super dark and like comic booky, or how? Not, not so comic booky, although it is based on a graphic novel, so maybe that's why you okay. kind of get that feel. It's very gritty. There's some kind of like there's some they do some voiceovers, kind of um, film noirish like. There's one I, I particularly remember. This is the the main female actress in the movie. She so there's a scene where stuff's happening, and then you hear her voiceover. She says, "Sometimes the bullet has your name on it." Sometimes it's all just bullshit. And there's a lot of that, <laughs> that kind of stuff in the movie. It's kind of campy. Um, kind of the violence level is kind of on the extreme side. <clears throat> like It's what we're used to now, though. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, it took me. You know, this is like what we were talking about recently about how all the Netflix. Netflix wow. All the Netflix and house movies still have the same feel. It doesn't matter if they have multiple directors. I mean, I lifted that critique directly from the F and nerds podcast, but like they're spot on. Like I can't get it out of my fucking head. Natasha asked me if I wanted to watch uh, power. What's it called? Project power. Project umbrella. No, no, no. You didn't respond so long. I thought we lost the recording. I was like, no, please don't. Uh, uh, no, there's an, there's another new net. What you were the movie you were talking about, Last Days of American Crime. That's a Netflix original, right? Yes, yes. And Project Power is a Jamie Fox movie on Netflix that just came out. Oh, okay, it's like relatively big budget, like eighty million. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I'm sure much of that went towards him and his back end because like there's no um, residuals on mm-hmm. Netflix movies. Right, so. right. Um, but uh, his back end, maybe he has a bathroom story. <laughs> um, that, just kidding, Jamie. Please come on the podcast. Friend of the show, Jamie Foxx. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, the, all the all those Netflix movies that uh, the lesbian trolley problem movie. What was that called? The, um, Fuck, I can't remember. The uh, Last Order, or you watched that one? I didn't watch it. Oh, you didn't see that one? No. It's good. Charlie Theron's good in it. Uh, it's not the Last Order. The old old guard. Old guard. Yes. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Triple Frontier. All those movies. It's like no matter what, they feel the same, right? Like, did this one feel like those kind of? Yeah, it, it kind of did. Um, it, it wasn't well done. It, it didn't accomplish, or I would say, on any any aspect of what it apparently was trying to. It was very convoluted. The you know a lot of the the dialogue just came off as kind of cheesy. Um, the violence is just like not even. You know, it doesn't really impact you, I guess. Um, And it it took me twice, two times to actually finish the movie. Like, um, I just kind of tapped out the first time and I was like, I I really got to finish this movie. Um, Yeah, I didn't like it. I I give it, uh, 
a one, I guess. I, I don't recommend anybody watch this movie. Yet you did recommend Cosmos. <laughs> Which I clearly know that was what you were going to be pissed off about if you put that note here. So apparently you watched it. Do tell. You hated it. Uh, well, I mean, I wanted to like it. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I just want to put in Natasha's only note was it started off in the car in the middle of some dialogue. And she goes, starting off in the middle of dialogue with no explanation. Interesting. Let's see if you can get yourself out of this one. <laughs> I did tell you that the whole movie was in the car pretty much. Yeah, that's fine. But they started off mid-dialogue without you knowing what's going on. Like, that's right. a good technique, but it's, like, interesting. Like, you know, that that's kind of like everyone tells you to start a speech with a joke, but it's like, okay, I'm not gonna. It's like, all right, we're gonna go start a movie the way you're not supposed to. <laughs> right, right. Um, and, yeah, 40 minutes in, you still haven't figured out what that tension was about. And I told you, you almost <laughs> don't care anymore at that point. But really, Alan, the one thing that I've got to say is I'll give it a compliment. I will say that was a good film school movie. Um, the music was terrible. They just found like generic dramatic music <laughs> and played it on the countless cuts where they were like, look at one person, then talk to the other one. This is what you called the couple bro moments that might have gone a little over the top. Mm -hmm. And you said, you know, that might be the one part we don't like, but you didn't really mind. That You know, definitely the worst part. But <laughs> she's just, <laughs> Like such bad dialogue. I mean, the the it, you know what it felt like to me. What it was, it felt like an, it felt like engineers in those exact fields or um, uh, experts in those exact fields were like, you know what I want to do. I my friend's an engineer. You're an astronomer. I'm a PhD and whatever. Like I did like that. Let's, the let's dry, let's write a movie as if the three of us with our particular office drama intention are going to bring our office drama in and it'll be a movie about our office drama while we discover alien life and whether we can do it in time. Well, okay. That'd be good for about 30 minutes. Oh, it was so bad. Alan, I did not like your movie. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear the that. First time I've, I watched that. Natasha was like, do you want to watch this? She said, you want to watch project power? And I was like, no, I'm not watching that garbage. I'm going to watch this good movie that Alan recommended. <laughs> I would rather watch, you know what, Project Power, and I'm guessing um, your movie, Last Days of American Crime, they they are the Tostino's, Totino's pizza rolls yeah. of movies. It's like... It's junk food. Yeah, and it's like, if, you know, if I'm drunk and it's midnight and I just want to put something on to fall asleep to and maybe stay up if, it, if it's in, enjoyable... That's what you want. Yeah. These are perfect, yeah. yeah. Speaking of which... I have a thriplet of movies to introduce for what I've been. Uh, Did you say thriplet? I don't feel like it should be triplet. Like T R is for or like T is for two. One, two, three. Thriplet, not triplet. That's stupid. Wouldn't it be a? I bet it used to be thriplet, and then they said that that's too many letters, <laughs> and they put it just a T. Wouldn't it just be a trio? I have a trio of movies of what I've been mediating. Um, one is Lovecraft Country. Have you been seeing that? Have you seen it yet? Do you have HBO? I don't have HBO anymore. I, I can get it again, but I, I kind of yeah. got bored of it. Yeah. I didn't watch I, anything on it, really. Yeah. I don't know if it's worth getting just for this. Um, <clears throat> wait until the whole season's out. It's only been two episodes now, and I haven't seen the second episode yet, but the first episode was really good. Uh, What's it about? I, I enjoyed it. What, what? What's it about? So it's a it's a HBO original series dealing with the creatures and building off of the universe that H.P. Lovecraft and his fellow authors have created. 
Okay. So Cthulhu and you know that word where it's like a C-H and then a T yeah, and the C-T-U-L-U yeah. and then another U. Is that a Metallica L. song? Yes. Okay. Um, it's that guy with the squid face and he's like really big. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know what he is? He's big. I mean, I actually know a lot about the Cthulhu. Um, it's it's uh, he most likely was influenced by the Norwegian mythological kraken. Um, so it's kind of ima- imagine a kraken, but like on an astronomical level. Level. If you're not familiar with Lovecraft, he pioneered a genre called cosmic fiction. I think cosmic horror. Um, so it deals with creatures of just cosmic scale, like size of planets or just, you know, half of a planet size of the moon, whatever the fuck, like really big creatures or really creepy, eerie creatures that manipulate your mind or make you just, they're, they're, it's, it's interesting horror, but here's the deal. It's shown in the Jim Crow South and it's shown from a black protagonist's uh, point of view trying to find his father, at least the first episode. And literally everybody you encounter in the first episode is either racist or dealing directly with racism with the interaction that they're in. Like, it's nonstop. It's like, isn't one person in this story not going to be racist? Like, I'm not, I am not saying like all lives matter bullshit here. I'm just saying like, it was becoming a little like, okay, Every white person here can't be that bad. And then I realized H.P. Lovecraft was horribly racist. Like everything he dealt with was how like what we would call minorities or other ethnicities other than whites were just inferior. And this is why. And, you know, like any protagonist in the story would like directly talk about it. Like, well, I can do this because you're just a blah, blah, blah kind of shit. So it's completely appropriate for this new show to be dealing with race in the way that it does from a different perspective, but equally powerful. So I recommend it strongly. Of course, it's Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams are producing it. So obviously it's not going to be poorly done. Yeah, Jordan Peele's Uh, great. Yeah, the Get storytelling awesome. so far is exciting. Cool. I would expect it to continue. I promise two more. So I've also been watching the Watchmen series on HBO. Get my money's worth there. Have <laughs> you watched? Are you familiar? How much of Watchmen did you watch, man? <laughs> I saw the movie. Uh, that's that's all. And so I didn't see the movie. I didn't love the movie. Yeah, yeah. People complained. It was like three hours long. It was. Um, I didn't see it because I was like, my understanding was that that book couldn't be made into a movie and that's like why it never had been a lot of people said so, that yeah, yeah. so uh, i was influenced by that commentary and just stayed away from it because it's like well i'll I don't care um i definitely am going to go watch the movie now the series is great you can watch it without seeing the movie although it would be better i would imagine if you did but it's not um it's a different storyline takes place at a different time mm-hmm. very good uh it's completely appropriate for our time it's entirely about what we're dealing with right now government overreach identity and and um security personal privacy hello um one thing that's interesting everybody's wearing masks the cops wear masks for their own protection so cops are wearing the masks that we wear right now except their masks are yellow like it's really fucking weird wow that is strange yeah it's so surreal Just they even have an ad camp from being identified from being recognized okay. yeah i don't want to ruin anything but right. yeah so the cops can't be identified hmm. Um, and they had, and there's one point where like people don't live in New York anymore. And they had an ad campaign saying like, come back to New York. And it's a bunch of like New York, famous New Yorkers, like in reality, like guys from the Sopranos and stuff saying like, come back to New York. And you're just like, well, 
That's actually This is happening. like right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. It was really weird. Surreal. Okay. Last and certainly not least, uh, we're talking about stuff to like put on late at night and just see if it's entertaining. I did this last night with Alita Battle Angel. Have you seen that? No, you mentioned that to me though. You said you thought I would like it. Yeah. So I put it on. I was like, this is fine. Um, I, my friends have told me I should watch it. I kind of feel like falling asleep. I ended up staying awake for the whole movie. Um, what it's two hours. It's not too long. Say that. What, what platform is it on? Uh, man, I might be heavy on the HBO. <laughs> I feel like it might have been on Netflix though. Okay. I'm not sure, man. I I I think it's on Netflix. Okay. Um, but yeah, highly recommend this. Um, if you just look at the the cover art when you when you scroll through like where to watch it, uh, it, it looks like it's an animated movie. It's definitely got a lot of CGI in it, but um, there's it's Roger Rabbit if anything. Like there's okay. a lot of right. live like live action. Yeah. Right. Uh, really, really good, man. Um, I don't want to spoil anything about it. So just I highly recommend Elite Battle Angel. Alan, I will say this: there is rollerblading in it, so Sweet. I think you'll like it. Right up my there alley. Also, someone in there that looks like Brendan Fraser's bad replicant son. Okay. Um, yeah. So I like that guy too. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, I recommend that movie. Um, I think it's by the Wachowskis. Ah, like those I guys. said brothers, but yeah. I think something happened there. Okay. Cool. We have a show quote. We do have a show quote. We we made it, Alan. Hold on. Let's just take a breath. We made it. <sighs> we made it. Yeah, this is a good one. This was a heavy one. It was. Um, it was. But I think. Uh, it was. I think it went well. I feel good about this ah, one, me too. dude. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I know I got a little emotional there. I know we still got a quote to get to, but just before, like, I, I really, uh, I'm glad we talked about the shit that we talked about, though. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we covered that ground. I think that was important. Yeah. Um, okay. This week's quote is by Randy Wayne White. He's an author, and this is from a book of his called "The Mangrove Coast." It's a mystery novel. In any conflict, the boundaries of behavior are defined by the party that cares the least about morality. Yeah. That. Cheers. Hey, check out nuntakenpod.com. Feel free to drop us a line, questions, requests, anything you want over there. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. This is, this is fun to do, um, and we're happy to have some people out there checking it out. So. Yeah, big time. Uh, God, I know how much you hate that phrase, big time. I use it so much. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> if any of you guys uh, had noticed, if you have any feedback about um, the way we broke the show up over the last week where three shows came out, but it was one show on Wednesday, like always. And then over the weekend, in case you didn't have time, we broke it up into two different halves. Or if you wanted to just more easily access certain topics, you can see which half we're talking about. Uh, we got cute with it, called it Side A, Side B, because... <laughs> I'm into vinyl. So yeah, thank you guys. Um, downloads were really, really good. So I, um, it looks like good feedback from it, but if you have any thoughts, if you didn't like that, tell me, I want to know why. Cause if it's something people don't like, I don't want to keep doing it. So if you like it, let me know too. Uh, let us know on our pod, nuntakenpod.com. All right. Cheers. Cheers. God bless. All right. Another one in the can. Now this is podcasting.